Hello and welcome into BrewCast from Maze and Brew on the SB Nation Podcast Network. Luke Yardy and Scotty White here with you on Tuesday night, January 25th, going into Wednesday, January 26th. So as you're here in this pod, it is game day for the Michigan Wolverines men's basketball team. They're getting set to take on the Northwestern Wildcats. We'll obviously get a whole lot into that. Talking a lot of Michigan basketball here today. Probably going to get to a little you know, Jim Harbaugh news. Uh, we, we got some word from the Wolverine on some things that are going on there. So should be a fun brewcast here. Scotty White, what's going on, man? It's been a while since I've been with you. How you been? Pretty good, man. Yeah, it's been been about three weeks now, I think, since uh, since me and you were on the show. Um, but since then, um, you know, the basketball team has picked up a couple big wins, starting to trend in the right direction. Um, so I'm feeling good. Um, I can't wait for the game tomorrow. Can't wait to be there in Chrysler. Um, so yeah, feeling great. Yeah, man. It, it, it really is feeling like it's starting to turn a little bit. I, I will say at least the game Sunday, the, the win in assembly hall, man, what an yeah. absolute monster win for this Michigan program could ultimately be a season changer. And we're already kind of seeing that being quantified, Michigan making a huge leap up to number 38 in the net rankings. Now with, you, you know, looking like, hey, if they can continue to play this way, they're sitting at 500 in the conference. If they can get, you know, to 9, 10 wins in the conference, this is probably at least an 8 or a 9 seed come March. The, the season has kind of completely flipped to, to from where we thought it was. Yeah, I mean, even after the Maryland game, um, and before Indiana, I was, I was not convinced that anything, um, was changing and obviously still, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, going in to going on the road, just period in college basketball is just so hard to do and go and get a win and to do it against Indiana, who's looks like a really good team this year. They just knocked off Purdue at home and the way that Michigan beat them too. Um, I mean, obviously that's the best one of the season so far. And like you said, that, that could definitely be, uh, what this team needed to completely flip the season and having a game like Northwestern at home tomorrow is, is a great one to have, um, Northwest is a good team, but bottom of big 10 at home. Um, that's obviously a must win. Yeah, for sure. And look, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm still cautiously optimistic here, Scotty, because, we know, we saw it against Nebraska, we know that when Michigan is making a lot of their shots, they're a really tough team to beat, you know? I yeah. mean, they shot 64% from three. They're not going to have that every single game, obviously. It's it's impossible to sustain. I don't even know if this is a 40% three-point shooting team moving forward, so I'm cautiously optimistic, though the Maryland game uh, definitely, I mean, the way they were able to play defense and shut that Maryland offense down, and Indiana, really. I know Indiana's not really known this year for their offense. It's been their defense that's really been the strong part of their game, but, I mean, for the most part, they've really they really shut down Indiana giving up 30 and 32 in each half that's going to win you a lot of ball games in the Big Ten especially when you could go on the road and hold the team to 62 on their home court that's going to win you a lot of games here this year um and and starting to see Devontae Jones play with a whole heck of a lot more confidence starting to see Caleb that's Houston cool. play with some yeah. more confidence man and look you saw it you saw the game Hunter Dickinson had We've said it all along when, you know, he hasn't been able to be himself or, or the guy that we saw last year expected to be uh, coming into this year because he, he hasn't had a lot of spacing around him. He hasn't had knockdown shooters that forced the defense to play on the perimeter. And when that started to happen against Indiana, oh, my God, this guy 
is still unreal. If they he is yep. he's got some guys around him that could spread out that defense. Good luck stop stopping Hunter Dickinson. Dude, and how about his three-point sh- – first of all, I love his three-point celebration. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I um, love it. I love it's it. It's so funny. Um, his shooting is – I can't believe the strides he's taken um, from the deep ball from last year to this year. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think the thing that was the best to see is is that Michigan put, put it all together two games in a row. I feel like we really haven't seen that yet this year. And we've been talking in the past um, on here so much about the lack of consistency that they've had this year um, and the Maryland game and, and Indiana two back-to-back really good dominant wins. And yeah, I mean, Indiana's defense, like you were saying tops in the country and Michigan goes in and hangs at 80 on them. I mean, that, that was very impressive. And yeah, a big part of it is the confidence of, especially Caleb Houston, man. I mean, he finds, he finds a way to get open for three a lot. And when he's making them at this clip, like you said, Michigan's just going to be so tough to beat. Well, I wonder if a little bit of that confidence started coming in Champaign when they went yeah. down to Illinois and they played severely undermanned, but they hung with Illinois. I mean, it was a late run to end up being, excuse me, a 15-point win for Illinois. That score is not indicative in any way, shape, or no. form of what that game actually was. It was, it was an absolute dogfight, and Michigan had no business being in that game. I mean, that was Kofi was playing in that game, yeah. and, and they were able to kind of contain him for the for the majority of that game. And I wonder if that, seeing that team play that hard, undermanned, well, then you had Maryland and Indiana like, hey, we this is a couple wins we can go get, and they went and got some right. big wins against both of those teams. Yeah, it's, it, it really is interesting seeing um, a 15-point loss kind of be the start of of a turning point for the season but yeah like you said that 15 point loss doesn't really show how that game went um but yeah i mean to that point i hadn't seen this team show that kind of fight in a game yet um and you definitely could see as soon as um as soon as that happened and and in the two games after it the confidence has just been at a different level and and I think we're starting to, you know, kind of see the young guys grow up a little bit, wouldn't you say? Definitely. Definitely. You know, and that's gonna be that's gonna be the key. Look, at the end of the day, I know we talk about this in football a lot, but the five stars got a five star. Caleb Houston, yep. he's he's gotta go be a five star. You know, I know Devontae Jones is playing much, much better, so we're probably gonna see more limited roles for guys like Frankie Collins and Zeb Jackson. But when those guys are in there, they're they're playing with some more confidence. I or, or excuse me, not Zeb Jackson. Um oh my goodness. I'm I'm sorry, I'm blanking so hard right now. On, um, um, Kobe Bufkin. Kobe Bufkin. Oh my goodness, man! I'll <laughs> tell you, I still got the COVID brain fog going on right now. <laughs> Holy wah! But but when Kobe's in there, man, he like he's playing with a lot of confidence too, and he didn't get yeah. a lot of you know a lot of opportunities. We, we kind of saw a lot of that with Frankie Collins uh, in some games, getting some good run. We we saw limited roles from from Kobe Bufkin, but when he's been in there, man, he's playing fearless basketball as well. And I think when he starts to put it all together. Hey, look out. Yeah, definitely. And um, and you mentioned Frankie Collins. I mean, he seems to be one of the most confident guys on the team. Coaches have been preaching that all year. Um, and I think just tomorrow's game is so big in, in keeping up. It's, it's, a, it's a great game when you have an opponent like Northwestern um, at home. Mm. Um, no disrespect to Northwestern, but – Let's be honest, they're not one of the best teams in the Big Ten. 
um, to have them at home, just another great opportunity for Michigan to gain more confidence, and they're going to need it going into the big one this Saturday, he says. Yeah, but but Northwestern is still a team that can kind of sneak up on you, so I'm a little oh, bit 100%. worried, you know, like because this Michigan team isn't last year's Michigan team no matter what at the end of the day, and, you know, they, they've got a ton of talent on the team, don't get me wrong, but just from a, a leadership and a mentality standpoint – it hasn't been that team that we saw last year. So this team's got to be ready for every single opponent in the Big Ten, whereas last year's team probably could have slept walk a little bit against and gotten a win against Northwestern. But, you know, they played Wisconsin tough, a six-point loss, beat Michigan State, obviously, by two. Actually uh, played Michigan State incredibly tough in both games that they saw yeah. this year. You know, lost to Maryland by seven, lost to Ohio State by eight, lost to Penn State by four. This is still going to be a dogfight tomorrow night, I think, or as you're listening here today, tonight. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Um, I think that it's a game that Michigan will end up winning. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Northwestern has battled in all of their games. I mean, even that game against Purdue that where they lost by 20, um, they like, it's kind of like the Michigan-Illinois game. Like, I was watching that one, um, and Northwestern was in it for a while. Um, they were making runs to get back in the game. Uh, I think they had it down to single digits with under 10 minutes to go. Um, so, yeah, they're a good team. Pete Nance, Chase Audige, Boo Booey. I mean, those are three really good players in their starting lineup. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a top 70 Ken Palm team currently sitting at 66, uh, 47th in adjusted offense, 98th in adjusted defense. So, uh, clear advantage there for Michigan uh, offense versus Northwestern's defense. You know, Northwestern barely mm-hmm. being top 100. Michigan is, is top 20. But I, I do have concerns defensively because – we're still at times, even against Indiana, man, they had some good looks out there on the perimeter that they just uh, – they don't really yeah. just have the shooters. You know what I'm saying? So I, yeah, I still – this Michigan team at the end of the day, man, should be a whole heck of a lot better defensively than they are given their athleticism, given their length. Uh, gave up some tough offensive rebounds to Indiana on Sunday, you know. So I I mean, it, it's still a work in progress, particularly with the young guys because, look, you, you come in – and you have to learn how to play defense at this level. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it's a really tough transition uh, for a lot of guys, you know, especially because you're used to playing in high school, even on the AAU circuit. You know, I mean, it's it's so much different playing in that capacity than it is playing a systemic defense in the Big Ten and learning how to play defense the right way, learning how to play without fouling and things like that. So the young guys are getting better at it, but they're still not quite there. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day. So, yeah. and, and maybe they can get there. I mean, we still got a month and a half. They've got a right. chance to get there. But time is running out defensively, you know, for, for them to really figure it out. So I, I still am a little concerned on that front, to be honest. Yeah, definitely. Um, and like you said, it, it you know, we have seen the growth as the season's gone on from the freshmen. And there is still time. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like you said earlier, you know, these, these types of games where Michigan shoots like 60% from, from three, um, you know, those crazy statistics from the Indiana game, like those aren't going to happen like every game. And, you know, those offensive rebounds and the the open shots in the perimeter, you know, those are going to be the kind of things that win and lose games when Michigan's not shooting that well from three, obviously when you're shooting, like like they did on Sunday from three there you got room for some mistakes because you're going to score a lot of points 
But like you said, that's not going to happen every time. Um, and so those things definitely need to be, to be cleaned up because there's going to be those closer games coming up where that could end up losing them again. Yeah, going to be – I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's a tough week. You had to go to Assembly Hall, and this is within – you know, six-day time frame here. You went to Assembly Hall. You got Northwestern tomorrow night. Then you got a quick turnaround. You got to go to East Lansing on yeah. Saturday. You know, I mean, this is uh, – it's, it's going to be a tough week. That's three games, you know, in the matter of six days, two of which are on the road, you know, and, and who knows, you know, what kind of pissed-off Michigan State team you're going to see. As the recording right. of the pod right now, Illinois beating Michigan State 24-18 to without Kofi Colburn uh, or Curbelo here tonight with 3.50 to go in the first half. Uh, we don't know how that game's going to end up, but if Michigan State does end up losing it, I mean, that's going to be a pissed-off Michigan State team on, on Saturday yeah. that, that you got to go play in the Breslin. Yeah, and uh, after seeing how Michigan State reacted to their last loss to Northwestern um, when they went to play Wisconsin, I would I would definitely much rather have Michigan State coming off a win. Yeah, and look, at the end of the day, so we're looking, when we look at the rest of the season, the final stretch from a macro view here, Scotty, they're probably, like, they're 3-3 three and three right now. I know a lot of things can happen. Look, it's a gauntlet the rest of the way. You're probably yeah. not contending for a Big Ten regular season championship this year, right? Probably so, not. Probably not. Yeah, right. So, what you're looking to do, you're, you're looking to chalk up as many wins as you can. If you get above 500 at Big Ten play, you're going to be playing in the NCAA tournament. That is now the focus after yeah. the way th- the season has gone up to this point, right, is you got to make the tournament now. You've, you've put yourself in a position to make it with that win at Assembly Hall. Now you gotta, you, you got to come down the stretch. you got to win enough games. you got to find at least six, if not seven or eight more wins on the schedule the rest of the way. Starts with Northwestern. Uh, you got Nebraska after Michigan State. If you're able to sneak out that Michigan State win, you know, because, look, at the end of the day, you're talented enough to do so. Michigan right. State's going to cause you fits, though. They're playing really good basketball. They're long. They're athletic. Michigan has the talent on the roster to go in and beat Michigan State. You know, I don't think they're going to get as many open looks uh, against Sparty as they did against Indiana. I know that's crazy to yeah. say, given Indiana's defense, but, I, I mean, it, it's it's possible. Like, it, that you're not chalking that up as an L right now. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, if you can find a way to do it, that's awesome. But you got to win. I think you got to win two out of the next three here this uh, this week, leading into Tuesday against Nebraska. Oh, I definitely, yeah, definitely agree. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's the same kind of thing after Nebraska. Um, you go you go to Purdue. You know, you're not going to chalk it up as a loss, but I mean, obviously that team be a very tough place to go in and get a win. Um, but yeah, I mean, the thing with this team is we've seen how they look when they play to their full potential. Um, and there's not a there's not a team in the country that I think they couldn't beat uh, when they're playing that well. Um, but yeah, I mean the schedule the schedule is tough. Um, but yeah, I mean if they can get to 500 and 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 tomorrow after starting the Big Ten season one and three, I mean it's so hard to dig yourself out of a hole in the Big Ten. So to have an opportunity at home tomorrow to get above 500 after starting one and three is huge. Yeah, man, and I agree with you. If, if Michigan shoots 64% from deep, I think they could contend with just about everyone yeah. in, in the country here. But I, <laughs> I think your next two home games are the most important of your season. Northwestern, yeah. Nebraska. You cannot drop either of those games at home no. with, a, with a chance to make the tournament unless you do something spectacular similar to what Michigan State did down the stretch last year, you know, sneaking into the first right. four. The, the, two, the next two home games are absolutely imperative, starting with Northwestern Wednesday night and then Tuesday uh, against Nebraska. And if you could sneak one out on the road against Michigan State, 
or you can go to Purdue and sneak one out, or you can go on the road to the Kohl Center and sneak one out. I mean, the the road games, though, Scotty, I'm looking at them like, you go to Penn State, that's winnable. You go to Iowa, that's winnable. And I'm not saying any of these games aren't winnable, but damn, is it going to be tough to go into the Breslin or the Kohl Center or, you know, going to Purdue and and getting one. It's, I mean, that's tough, man. And Columbus. Yeah, yeah, to end the season. You still probably are going to put Michigan State uh, back on the schedule at some point, probably going to put the Purdue home game on the schedule at some point. So, I mean, you're going to have chances, but it is not going to be easy down the stretch. Yeah, and and those two, those those home games against Michigan State and Purdue, I mean, when when they first – got postponed um you know I, I feel like a lot of fans were thinking that michigan didn't have much of a chance in that game or in either of those games but now um i mean personally i really 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 hope that those games get made up because home crowd like it's going to be a great environment it's going to be very tough on the opponent i think that those are two games that that michigan i mean those are two huge opportunities to get marquee wins and and build that tournament resume for sure man and yeah, you, you're gonna need obviously you're gonna need great play out of you know uh, Hunter Dickinson. We know that, but I I really think at the end of the day it's Devontae who's who's really gonna be you know he's he, I think he's gonna make or break this team to be quite honest yeah. with you because because ever since he started to you know play with a little more confidence, play well, he started to hit the three point shot a little bit more frequently. Yep. You know, I think he had missed just one in his last eleven attempts or something going into the Indiana game. Um, I mean, if it, he's going to run the show for you at the end of the day, he's going to be the key no matter what. It, you know, you can say what you want about Caleb Houston, obviously a, a very important piece. You can say what you want about Musa or any of the other guys coming off the bench. Terrence Williams, when he's hitting shots, man, guy's a player, Brandon Johns, whatever. I think it's Devontae uh, who's going to be the biggest key to success because he's going to be able to unlock a guy like Hunter Dickinson's, you know, full range yeah. of abilities because the main focus is going to be Hunter for every single defensive game plan moving forward. Right. Yeah. You need you need guys that are going to complement that. Um, and yeah, I've definitely seen uh, his his confidence. It's it's clear that it's going up. I think you can kind of see towards the beginning of the season he was pretty hesitant to shoot, especially from three. Sometimes he'll still pass up some takes that I that I think he should that I think he should shoot. Um, but I mean, I think he has the highest three point percentage on the team, if I'm not mistaken. I think it's, I believe he has like a, he's shooting like 44, 45% from three right now. Um, and so, I mean, that just goes to show how, how good he can be. Um, and yeah, just gaining more confidence for him as the season goes on, like you said, to compliment Hunter. Um, that that will be an extremely important piece to the team's success. Yeah, so, I, I mean, if, you, if you're going to throw a, a minimum attempt qualifier on there, uh, right, Devon, yeah. Devontae Jones is, Zeb Jackson is technically shooting 50% from three. But, yeah, Devontae Jones is 43.8% right yeah. now. Terrence Williams, I didn't even realize, man, 39.3%. I, I, I wow. feel like I don't give enough love to Terrence Williams on his shot because yeah. I feel like I see, you know, one of every four go in from him. Right. Yeah. Honestly, I, I, I didn't know that either. I, I, I noticed it on Sunday that he was having a great game. Um, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize that he had been, that he had been that good this season. Wow. And you would not have probably guessed, you know, sitting here as we record on January 25th, that Hunter Dickinson would have a higher, higher three point percentage than Eli Brooks, but he does yeah. by about 3%. Is, wow. Yeah. Hunter Dickinson's three point shooting has been one of the things that's impressed me the most 
for any player this year. I mean, it's been very impressive. Man, it's going to be a huge week, as we know, for the Michigan basketball team. Northwestern, Wednesday night, as we mentioned, on the road to East Lansing on Saturday. How fun, How much fun, uh, you know, is that game going to be? But at the end of the day, like we said, that one, that one doesn't mean – I know it's blasphemous to say – in the grand scheme of making the tournament, that one's not as important as the Northwestern one. However, right? I mean, and I, and I say that in a, in a way, I guess I got to put some context to it because the Michigan State win would be more valuable than the Northwestern win, right? Like if if right. if you were go, only going to win one of two, you'd be like, yeah, I, I'd rather Michigan beat Michigan State than Northwestern. It's just the the most likely scenario. You can't drop that one. You can't drop the one at right. home to Northwestern and then go on the road to lose to Michigan State because you're right back yeah. to where you were. You know, dropping down to probably a thirty percent chance to make the tournament. Yeah, I mean these these bottom half Big Ten teams at home are absolute must win games at this point in the season with the record that Michigan has. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So it'll be a fun week, man. Looking forward to it. Michigan starting to play some good basketball, uh, which which definitely helps, man. I, I know you you kind of talked about it, Scotty. I think uh, I don't know what game it was. I saw you tweet about it, but you were like, now that Michigan's football season's over, the the basketball team struggles are starting to hit a little bit different. Yeah, yeah, they really were, and I was I was kind of because you know I mean normally as soon as, as football season's over, usually before football season's over, I'm fully juiced up for basketball, you know, I'm just counting down the days to each game. Um, and that wasn't really happening just mixed with like, because of Michigan football being really good, uh, the basketball team struggling. Um, but, but I've noticed after these last two wins, now I'm like, all I'm thinking about is oh, I cannot wait to be in Chrysler tomorrow night. Like that excitement is fully back. Can't wait for the game on Saturday too. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it, it really does feel to feel good to have that feeling back. now. Yeah. And if they continue rolling what they've done the last two games, man, it's going to be a heck of a fun stretch uh, oh, yeah. to the end of the regular season here. As uh, we did mention football, we're going to take a quick break on Brewcast and we got to talk about what's going on with the whole Jim Harbaugh situation. Yeah. That's coming up next here on Brewcast. And we're back into Brewcast. Luke Giardi, Scotty White here with you for Maze and Brew on the SB Nation Podcast Network. Talk a little bit about Michigan basketball there and what they've got coming up. And obviously, strong season for Michigan football, August and September, a long ways away. But still some drama here, Scotty White. Uh, you know, Jim yep. Harbaugh, he has uh, not signed a contract extension. Still working under the contract that he signed last year. So, Technically, nothing really has to happen if if no one from the NFL offers him a job. You know, right. uh, we we'd imagine the situation is going to get resolved sooner rather than later. However, Chris Ballas of uh, the Wolverine, he kind of came out with you know something that well, Michigan are they kind of lowballing Jim Harbaugh? Sounds like a seven point six million dollar base salary uh, that was offered to Jim Harbaugh plus the incentives, you know, which is a three point six million dollar bump a year from what he had a year ago, but it still yeah. puts him, you know, behind James Franklin, behind Mel Tucker, behind right. Ryan Day, and this is a guy that just went one year Big Ten championship, put you yeah. in the college football playoff, and quite honestly, I understand it's it's a little insulting to Jim Harbaugh to be to be quite frank. Yeah, I mean, like you said, he just went and won the Big Ten and uh, 
and got the team to the playoff when everybody was expecting Michigan to be a six, seven win team. Um, so yeah, I, I, I totally agree. It is a little insulting. I, I think he definitely deserves just as, as much as any other coach in the big 10 will be getting. Yeah. And look, I, I don't know how to put this diplomatically. Um, the, just offering him less than James Franklin is just a slap in the face, man. <laughs> like, it is. It like, is. like, look, the, the Mel Tucker situation is a little bit different, right? It was a big push by a couple of billionaire boosters, whatever. Should Mel Tucker be making more than Jim Harbaugh? Probably not. I know he's 2-0 and against Jim Harbaugh, whatever. But at the end of the day, you know, he hasn't finished better than third in the conference, you know, and that was a big knock on right. Jim Harbaugh for all these years, whatever. Exactly. But, but hey, I, I'm, not even, I'm not even comparing it to that one, but – like, Jim Harbaugh still making, like, James Franklin is what he is, right? Like, Mel Tucker got that deal because of where they thought he is, where they think he's going to bring the program moving forward. Ryan Day, I understand it, man. He's He went to a national championship last year. He's got right. two Big Ten championships. Like, that's whatever. Not make it, and, and look, it's Penn State's fault at the end of the day for continuing to employ that guy, you know, and yeah. keep giving him the raises, whatever. But if you're Ward Manuel, you got to play the market, man. Like, like Penn State Definitely. screwed up the market, I understand, but Jim Harbaugh's, you know, he's still sitting there like, how the hell is that guy making more than me? You know what right. I'm saying? Like, at the end of the day, you, you got to do it. You got to give him more than James Franklin. I mean, Definitely. you just have to. You absolutely have to. Yeah, dude. I mean, Franklin's entire resume is basically one blocked kick. I mean, that's it. What, if he, be, if that's that only because Urban Meyer forgot yeah. how to use a timeout. Why he rushed the kicking unit on the field? He could have just took a timeout. Yeah. Literally, that's the only. Otherwise, what has he done? Nothing. They lost. And, by, they lost to Michigan that year by thirty-nine points. Yeah. I mean, it's absurd. Um, yeah, and I remember I went to the Big Ten championship game that year, and I've got. Penn State fans talking shit to me, and I'm like, "Did we not beat you 49 to 10?" Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but but anyways, um, yeah. I mean, he definitely needs. To, I I was shocked when I saw that that Franklin got an extension after this year. I mean, what, didn't they lose their last what five five out of their last six or something? I mean, they they were ranked top ten in the country earlier this year. I mean, um, losing to Illinois should be like, look, James. Yeah, we're we're doing <laughs> we're doing to you. Well, we, what Michigan did to Jim Harbaugh, we're cutting that salary in half. You go ahead and right. figure it out. And if USC wants to hire you, they can have you. Can you imagine if Harbaugh lost to Illinois? Right? I mean, this I mean, fan base wanted him gone last year, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Did, he, did, did Penn State have a quality win this year? I mean, I guess Auburn, you know, but. Right. And he, that's, you know. That's that. I think that's their best win. I don't. I don't know if they had a quality win in the Big Ten. I don't think so. Uh, yeah. And so look, yeah, I mean, like, like I get it. You know, at the end of the day, it's it's unfortunate that Penn State did that. If you're if you're sitting there being Ward Manual, but you got to play the game, man. You know, like you you right. just do. You you already saved you saved four million in base salary from a year ago, right? Like you cut it down. Yeah. Tack that. I mean. Put that on. Give them $12 million a year. You know, you, you got the right. eight plus the four you saved last year, and then do it all over. Let's have another negotiation next offseason. Yeah, I mean, Michigan needs to do what whatever it takes to keep Harper around. I mean, 
finally, 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 Michigan wins the Big Ten. They're in the playoff. And I will be very, very disappointed if we have to go through a coaching change this year and all of that gets messed up. And look, I don't think this is necessarily about the money, right? Because Jim Harbaugh, he had the quotes. He's like, I would do this you know, job for free. It's just money, yada, yada, yada. But Jim Harbaugh is the biggest competitor that you'll ever yeah. find. And I th- I honestly think it's about the competition for him, that he doesn't want to pay- be paid less than these guys. It's not about the actual transaction of the money, right? It's right, just right. the idea that he's not getting paid more than those guys that he's right. beating. And yeah, he knows he deserves it. And it and it's insulting. If you come, come back to that word, it is insulting to him. It absolutely is, and and quite honestly, look, I thought Ward handled it great last year, uh, the entire situation, yeah. and I think he's handling this one really poorly, to be quite quite frank. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I, I also think it's interesting, um, it was two weeks ago um, for the, the last brewcast as we had to miss last week, um, I was doing it with Justin, and we were saying, like, if, if nothing's done by the end of this week, we're going we're gonna to start to be concerned. Um, and now here we are two weeks later. Nothing's been done yet. Um, but I was just curious what your overall well, level of concern is that Harbaugh's leaving. So here, here's the thing, right, is I'm actually not right now, I'm not concerned at all because yeah, for, for Harbaugh to leave, like someone would have to offer him a job. Right. And we just we, we don't really know if, if that's a thing right now. Like there was some there was some smoke or whatever about the Raiders potentially offering him him a job or things like that. But they're kind of working on their their own path right now. They ended up making the playoffs with an interim that the entire roster absolutely loves. So I don't know how much uh, truth there was uh, to that. To be quite honest with you, more maybe. Uh, you know, a, if we don't make the playoffs, you know, we're going to want to pursue you, but we're going to let this guy, you know, figure it out right now. And the Raiders right. end up winning that game in, in week 18 against the Chargers, going to the playoffs, you know, coming very, very close to knocking off the Bengals in the wild card round. And that team played good ever since John Gruden had to resign. So I don't know if the Raiders are going to offer him a job. I don't know if the, you know, he wants to go to Chicago. I don't know if the Bears are going to offer him a job. Like, at the end of the day, we, we just haven't we, – we've kind of stopped hearing that teams are interested in Jim Harbaugh. So at the end of the day, I mean, for him to leave, he'd have to be offered another job. And I just – I'm just not sure that's going to happen right now. Yeah. Um, and Yeah, and who knows? Maybe tomorrow on Twitter we'll start to see um, rumors. Michigan Insider says Harbaugh might be interested in Saints' job, and that will get everyone um, going crazy again. But, yeah, I mean – Wait, we, I mean, there's nothing to do, but just wait now. Um, but I did, I did see today, uh, which I thought was interesting on, on DraftKings, they have Jim Harbaugh as he has the best odds to be the Las Vegas Raiders next coach. So I thought that was kind of surprising. Um, but yeah, I thought, I thought, I thought that was interesting. Like at the end of the day, man, if you're if you're Michigan, you can afford to pay this guy ten million dollars a year. Right, like that. Exactly. That's just the way it is. You you can pay the guy ten million dollars a year. He'll be making more uh, in base salary than Mel and I believe Franklin and whatever you know because Mel's at what nine and a half a year I think ninety five yeah, over ten. I think so so yeah. I, I mean, pay him. You were paying him eight before he won right, anything. Exactly. Yeah. 
Hey, what's $2 million a year to the University of Michigan? Absolutely nothing. Yeah. <laughs> if, if it comes down to that, Ward, please, please tack on an extra $2 million and, and give him that money. Seriously. And if they want to be petty, literally just pay him $2 million more a year. You're at 7 6 right now. Make it 9 6. You know, com- yeah, exactly. compared to, you know, and, instead of Mel's like nine five or whatever he's at, you know, make it right. literally a hundred thousand dollars more a year uh, th- than whatever those other guys are making, you know, and, and then there you go, and, and the competitive aspect is there because at the end of the day, he's he's built a program that went and won a Big Ten championship, and the future is incredibly bright. They're recruiting yeah. very very well. They they finish with a fantastic class here this year in a class that they didn't expect to be all that good. They're starting out great with a you know a, a class for next year that looks like it's going to shape up to be fantastic. Granted, you keep winning, you're going to have to listen to Vaughn and, and Future Brew to really get the breakdowns there. That's not exactly yeah. my specialty here, um, but I mean the foundation is being built here. You got JJ McCarthy who's waiting to step up into the wings. You know, I mean. The future is incredibly bright for Michigan. Why wouldn't you want to build on what just happened here this year, especially given that this is probably the most engaged and uh, however you want to put it, that the entire fan base excited about the program, excited about the direction of the program has been since Jim Arbaugh took over in 2015. Why are you not trying to ride all that momentum, man? 100%. 100%. Yeah. I mean, they're, yeah. I mean, and even more excitement now than when Harbaugh was hired, you know, I mean, they just won the big 10. They just made the playoff recruiting's great. And, and, and it, and it has been good to see, you know, Harbaugh's still taking recruits to hockey games. Um, you know, I've seen that um, some basketball games. Um, he's still out visiting recruits, you know, he's doing his, his job. Um, so that's, that is still good to see. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you, you got to think if this situation was happening, you know, at really any other big football school, they would have offered him the, the $10 million like immediately, you know? Doug, and, and again, I keep going back to, to Mel Tucker, and I understand it's not the same situation because it was a booster thing, but they're so excited about the direction of the program, they gave him a 10-year, $95 million deal, man, for, yeah. you know, for a way above expectation season. But what Jim Harbaugh ultimately has been doing Almost every year prior to this one, yeah. So I mean, it, it really it, it's is. a no-brainer to me. Yeah, I I don't understand what is. Maybe maybe Ward is waiting to see um, if Harbaugh is offered an NFL job before he ups that money, but I I, I just don't know. Yeah, I mean. I suppose, I guess, because, but at the end of the day, like, I I get that because there's a sense like, oh, if you offer him that, then you're going to have to offer the new coach that, whoever you want to hire. But I don't think that's necessarily true because this guy just won you a Big Ten championship. Exactly. It's totally, yeah, I think it's definitely different with with a a new coach coming in. And also, I, I don't think it would be particularly hard to find someone to fill the coaching job at Michigan. Michigan is is a place where people want to be, you know? And the only thing, and, and look, I think, and this is, I don't know Jim Harbaugh personally. I can only go off of what other people have said about him and what his pop huh. public comments have been, right? Like, we're so late in the game right now that I think if you offered him what he's worth and market value, I think he takes it immediately because he knows that if he takes the Las Vegas Raiders job next week, 
he's really hurt the University of Michigan football program. And I think that he loves the University of Michigan football program. You know, I I mean, and and him leaving wouldn't be that, not that he doesn't love it. You know, that that would just be whatever is best for him and his family. But he doesn't want to drag it out. He wants to put Michigan, if he leaves, he wants Michigan to still be in a position like Stanford was with David Shaw to be able to move forward and not really skip a beat for at least a few years. And then hopefully the new guy can, you know, continue to have that sustained success, unlike Stanford's been able to do here. But I mean, that's, I don't think he just wants to leave Michigan cold and dry. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, he, he has shown very clearly how passionate he is about, about the university and how much he loves it and how much he loves being here. Um, so yeah, I totally agree. You know, he wants to, he wants to leave Michigan. If he, if he were to leave, he would want to leave Michigan um, in the, in the best position possible. And that's why at this point, I don't think that I, I'm not really worried about him leaving because I think if he would have left, he would have left by now. But mm-hmm. I, I don't know. We, we'll have to see, I guess. And and maybe the maybe the Raiders making the playoffs pushed everything back. We're, we'll never really yeah, be definitely. sure, you know, at the end of the day. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. I do hope Jim Harbaugh's back. You know, I, I'm glad that I feel like I was always on the right side of history. I didn't want him fired in the first place, even at the at the height of it last year. So I definitely, uh, definitely want him back. And, and hopefully that's the case. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's up to him. He's going to choose what's best for him and his family. And it, he, he ended up beating Ohio State. He ended up winning a Big Ten championship. He ended up doing, you know, it took a lot longer than he expected to. But he ended up doing, you know, what he came to Michigan to do. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. I never wanted Harbaugh fired. Um, I think the one thing that I ever said was that if he loses to Michigan State this season, then he should be gone. But a lot of things happened that I was not expecting to happen in this season. So I, I gave him a pass there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I never wanted them gone. I uh, would love to have him back. But yeah, I mean, we're just going to have to wait and see. Who knows? Maybe next week on Brewcast, we'll have some more news. I hope so, man. One way or the other, I just kind of want it to be done. Same. Same. Yeah. So it's going to be a big week here with the Harbaugh stuff for Michigan basketball. And I'm excited, man. We're getting close to March, the best time yep. of the year. Oh, going to be I great, cannot man. Wait. Cannot wait. Well, Scotty White, where can we find you on social media, my friend? You guys can give me a follow at Scotty White underscore on Twitter. Um, I cover the basketball team right now, um, do all the press availability for them. Um, I'm at all the home games, uh, tweeting about the games and writing articles. So you guys can find all my stuff on my Twitter page. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Giardi, L-U-K-E-G-H-I-A-R-D-I. You can follow the Brewcast Show page at Brewcast Show. And, of course, if you're not following Maze and Brew on Twitter, what are you doing, man? Uh, don't forget to uh, you know, subscribe to the YouTube page as well. I know Blue by 90 doing a lot of good stuff uh, up on there. If you're listening on the podcast, wherever you're at, Apple, Spotify, Google, you know, a thousand places you get your podcast now, please subscribe, rate, leave a review. Uh, we really appreciate it. We've got a lot of great podcasts here on the Maze and Brew Podcast Network and a lot of good stuff coming up here this week as well. So for Scotty White, I'm Luke Yardy, and we'll see you next week on Brewcast.